Hello everyone. Welcome to 30 Days of Healing, Day 23. Today we're going to be talking about hope. Um, I'll probably do the Q&A audio tomorrow. I believe that this is what um, God wants us to look at today. And so, let's start right away. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that as we hear your word, Lord, let hope rise up in our hearts in Jesus' name. And anyone who is experiencing discouragement, Lord, let them receive your hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so we get started. Um, to hope means to have an expectation. It means to have an expectation. It means to live for something. It means to desire something. It means to long for something or to look forward to something. And it's not just something. It means to desire something beneficial or something good. And so the hope we're speaking about today is a desire for something good in the future. You know, um, yesterday we're talking about fear and how it's about thinking of an evil thing that can happen in the future. Hope, on the other hand, has an expectation of, a, of good in the future. It's a positive expectation. In the Hebrew, it means, it literally means a rope. You know that rope that um, Rahab tied on her window? That, that was, that's the meaning of hope. It's something that is attached to something. So that means that it's something we can hold on to, that we can grasp. We can grasp one end and then it's attached to something else. There's an expectation of a future. There's something tangible that is the end of that hope. And so today we're going to look at the life. We're going to, um, our Bible study today is from the book of Ruth. So Ruth chapter 1. See, so from verse 1 to 5, we see here, the Bible says that there was a famine. And um, so there was this man that took his family away from Israel. There was a famine in Israel and they took them to Moab because there was a famine. And this makes perfect sense. So it's like, there's a family here there's an issue here let's go and look for so that we can survive let's like go for a better life um verse six bible says that then both so the bible already said earlier that her husband died and then verse six it says then both marlon and chilion also died so the woman survived her two sons and her husband so here we see that her husband is dead her two sons are dead and for a woman in Israel, you know, for someone who left Israel for a search of a better life, you know, she had dreams, she had hopes. And here was all her hopes being shattered because her husband and her children, and her children didn't just die, they died without living, without having children. And so she didn't even have anyone that she could hold and say, this is my own. And so she lost everything. She lost every single thing. She lost everything. Her hope was gone. So even though in verse 6, the Bible says she survived. She survived. <laughs> she was alive, but, but she had lost her hope. She had lost every expectation of good in her future. You know, and I believe that there's someone here listening to me. This sums up like what you have experienced. You have experienced so much grief, so much loss, so much abuse that yes, you are, you are alive. But just a survival. Because all hope of good in the future has been lost. 
And so today I pray that as you listen to me, hope will arise again in your heart in the name of Jesus. You know, verse 11 to 12. So how did how do we know that she had lost hope? Naomi said, so this was when her daughter-in-laws wanted to follow her. She said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters. Go, for I am too whole to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope. If I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait for this to, till they are grown? You know, so Naomi was saying here that, I have nothing. I've lost everything. Why are you guys following? Why do you guys? Where are you following me to? I don't have anything to offer you. And you know, because they left the country, she, she didn't have anything to go back to. So imagine if she had stayed back, maybe they would have built a business, built something. So she was, she knew that she was also going back to nothing. You know, they left Israel. She lost everything and she was now going back with nothing and to nothing. She was going back empty and also it's not as if, you know, there's a difference between if you know that, oh, where I'm going, or oh, maybe my father has an inheritance somewhere. There was nothing. She was going back. So here we can see that there was no hope of any good in her future. If we look at it in the natural, it didn't look like she had a future. It didn't look like anything good was was in her future because people in israel had already overcome the farming they had started planting as we see when they got back they started reaping so it's obvious that so maybe there was a depression like in now we we'll call it an economic depression people had gone out of it they had started businesses that had gone back to work so this is like me coming back to a fresh land with nothing and to nothing and so she's like why do you want to follow me you know, and because hope is tied to a tangible end, because in that, in that place, the culture, even now, an average young lady wants to have a family, wants to have a home. And so she was like, well, you, I don't have a husband for you. Even if I have hope and I marry and I give birth, you can't wait for them to grow old. And so she shattered any ideas, you know, maybe initially when those ones were following her, she felt, so maybe they think that there's something I have hidden in Israel. And so she told them, I don't have anything. After Naomi expressed her hopelessness with a factual analysis of her situation in the natural, Oprah, one of the daughter-in-laws, analyzed what her mother-in-law said and knew that this makes a lot of sense and left. So why did Ruth stay? Is it that Ruth did not have hope for her future or she didn't want to be remarried or have children? No. Ruth chose a, Ruth chose a higher truth. You know, Naomi in all her bitterness actually told a partial story. Even though she felt she had lost everything, what she didn't know was that she still had God. But we'll see later on why she didn't even think she had God. We'll see that soon. I believe that Ruth had come to be acquainted with the God of Israel. She had met this family and come to know the God that there's something about when you come into a personal relationship with God. And today, if you are listening to this and you haven't, you don't know God, you haven't encountered him, you know, all you need to do is to believe, is to believe that there's a God who loves you, who wants to, to be involved in your whole life, not in one part. Who wants to be in your every space? Who wants to love upon you? Who loved you so much that he sent his son to pay the price? You know, because when man fell, everyone became 
destined to die destined to eternal destruction and god loved us so much that he came to pay that price for us by dying on the cross and if you don't know god today you know there's nothing greater than knowing this loving father this loving god all you need to do is come to him and say father i believe in what you did for me i accept you as my lord and savior i accept what you have done for me i ask you to come into my life and be my lord and savior if you have been in the church and you you're not even sure if do you really know god this is not a religious prayer this is a call back to our first love this is a call back to that call i believe that roots knew god because this is the only way that there was nothing naomi was going to say that was going to persuade her she was so convinced that she said now i'm committed to you your people will be my people you know where you go i'll go and your god will be my god because this is my decision it's it's, it sounds like a marriage vow because the bible talks about when it talks about marriage it says that a man will leave there's a leaving before cleaving and what ruth did here was she left her family her culture everything she had known as truth everything she had known as real the truth is that every time the truth appears every other thing that you have ever believed that was a lie will pale and will fall away you would they would not have substance in your life anymore and this is why i really desire that everyone who is listening to me will come in contact with that with god will come in contact with personal relationship with the truth you will know god personally you will know god intimately see this is the highest level of knowledge once you know god yourself every other thing will pale and will fall away this is why ruth could leave everything oh she left all she had known her culture every single thing for this god this god that you know for this god of israel to cling to god you need to be willing to live your old ways your old life your old thoughts your old way of thinking to follow him to learn of him and his ways to follow God wholeheartedly, even if it will cost you everything. Ruth, as in let go of everything. She didn't just let go of her family. She also literally, she didn't let go of her dreams. But it looks like she let go of her dreams. Because she was following a woman who did not have any hope of giving her a husband. This was still a young woman. She might as well have stayed in Naomi's house for the rest of her life, serving her and going to work. See, one thing about when you choose God, when you when God becomes your all, when God, when God becomes your everything, your whole life changes. See, God is a rewarder. And God doesn't reward like human beings. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. And that's why I'm talking about hope today. He gives you a word. He's a, see, when God rewards, he doesn't reward. Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask or imagine maybe the only thing Ruth could imagine was okay at least i would be with Ruth abstain i don't know if Ruth ever imagined that not just that she was going to marry a noble a god-fearing a rich man but that she was also going to be in the lineage of christ see when you give your life to god what you get back is much 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 more in multiple folds everyone that gave jesus something got better better every time people gave their hearts to god people gave their lives to god you know nothing is ever a waste with god when peter gave jesus his boat 
see what happened you know when he said throw your net to the right side you know see what happened the same thing with the boy that gave jesus his five loaves and two fishes the same thing you know when the woman broke her last pasta box on jesus and the disciples said oh this is a waste see there's nothing that is a waste for god when you truly know god he becomes your all sufficiency you get to a point where every other desire that you have it is still there it's still valid but you get to a place where god is enough for you even if there's a delay even if those things don't come you are like god you are enough for me and when you get to that point see the heavens open <laughs> the kind of reward that comes for people who follow christ jesus said you will gain much more in this life and in the life to come and if you look at naomi let's go back to naomi why did naomi become so bitter and hopeless remember i said if you lose everything but you have god you will know that i have god so like when i said i believe ruth knew that when god becomes your source when you give him your heart he becomes responsible for your life you get access to all he has naomi became so bitter and hopeless we'll see that in verse 20 because so when she got back home and they were happy to see her she said to them verse 20 don't call me naomi 20 to 21 call me mara which means bitterness for the almighty has dealt very bitterly with me i went out full but the lord has brought me so here we see god being mentioned four times she said the almighty has dealt with me the lord brought me home again empty why do you call me naomi since the lord has testified against me the almighty has afflicted me so she accused god on four counts she said god has dealt very bitterly with me the almighty the lord has brought me home empty i went out full god has testified. so the only hope that she had she felt was the one causing her problem you know the truth is that in this world the only hope we have because there are just two forces god and you're on the devil's side so when the devil can convince you that god is your problem that's the end because god is the only one that can help you god is the only one with the solution god is the only one with the life the person that can help you when you have now been convinced that that he's the one punishing you and this is one lie that the devil has told a lot of women he told he has said things like oh god is angry with you god is punishing you oh these things are happening to you are a punishment those are lies those are lies you know we see the mercy of god god says that if you if you for if you ask for forgiveness he's able he's able and just to forgive you do you know why he's just to forgive you because jesus already paid the price for your sins god is a god of justice he won't hold something against you that has already been paid for it's like saying that someone has already paid your debts god will now start chasing you around and saying you still owe it no once you acknowledge your sin and you come before god and so because the devil makes us feel sometimes that god is punishing us the god that we should go and meet we run away from him and god is saying i want you to come to me today i want you to come to me today i love you so much i love you so much i want to help you i want to love you she naomi reasoned wrongly about her experiences she thought that what she had experienced was an indication of her future or that it was brought on her by god so today i want to ask us what thoughts ideas and expectations 
what are your thoughts what are your ideas and what expectations have your experiences given you your um god doesn't want us to give up no matter what has happened to us your past is not your future your past is not a predictor of your future unless you allow it God loves you. He wants you to have new desires and expectations, not because of anything in your past, but because of him. He wants to become your hope. He wants to, you to understand that because now you're a new person and God is in your life. <laughs> Everything good is possible. Everything good is possible. Because in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, they are thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. So I wanted to take some time out, take a few minutes, and just start imagining <laughs> and start coming up with new expectations for your future. And start seeing God in your life. Start seeing the goodness of God. That's in the character of God. If you need to go into the scriptures, look at it. Look at what happened to everyone who walked with God. Yes, they went through a process. Yes, sometimes it looks like, oh, there was a delay. But look at the end point of everyone who walked with God so that hope will arise in your heart. Look at from the beginning of the Bible to the end, from the Old Testament to the New, everyone who walked with God, look at what their lives looked like. It will give you an indication of what God can do in your life. It will stir up hope in your heart. Job chapter 14 verse 7 to 9. Here Job was talking about a tree. He says there is hope for a tree that has been cut down. It can come back to life and sprout. Even, at the, even though its roots grow old. And its stump dies in the ground. With water it will sprout like a young plant. So here he's saying that even if the tree is cut down. And is old, and it looks like there's no hope at the scent of water. That water here tonight is God's word, is the revelation at the inside, at the scent of this word. Hope arises in your heart in the name of Jesus. And so we know hope is about an expected future. So it means that there's a waiting time between the now when you receive the promise and the future. The waiting time can be seconds, it can be days, it can be years. So what do we do while we are waiting? We seek God. We grow in Him. We develop, you know, Jeremiah 29, we said 11 is, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. From verse 12, it talks about, 13 says, it talks about seeking God. One of the things that we need to do, and it's not just because waiting is actually for the rest of our life because there are different hopes that we have. For example, as Christians, one of our hopes is that Jesus is going to come back again. So every day of your life, God wants us to seek him. He says, you will seek me and you will find me because you seek me with all your heart. The Bible talks about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with your mind, with your heart, with every part of you. You need to grow in God. You need to seek God. You need to develop your foundation. You need to hear from God. You need to know how to hear from God. See, those foundations are non-negotiable. If not, you're going to be tossed pro and fro. You're going to be listening to things because in this life, things will happen. But you need to be in the right place. Are you going to be a root or are you going to be an opera? God wants you to continue living. 
<laughs> don't stop living because you are in your waiting period. Just like Ruth. Ruth decided to follow Naomi. And what did she do? She got busy. Okay, what do we need to do? We need food. Oh, she went to find somewhere where she could glean. And she was not that she was scheming that, oh, I want to marry. No, she wanted to feed her mother-in-law. She wanted to make sure that Naomi was sorted out. She wasn't even concerned about herself. Where you are, you need to find out, what am I, God, what am I supposed to be doing now? Am I supposed to be serving? See, there are some of you that you need to serve some people. You are not going to be paid. See, you are not going to be paid in the immediate. But the payments, because everything that we do should be unto God. The payments, see, because when your hope is God, God, it becomes your reward. Don't waste any season that you're in. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Don't waste it. Every season has a purpose. Ask God, what am I to do in this season? Is it one of service like roots? Is there someone or somewhere where you need to serve to learn to gain capacity? Are you, are you like Joseph in Potiphar's house or in prison where you need to do your, all your and put all your best in your work and gain capacity in administration, in skills, in leadership? When you find what you are meant to do, do it with all your might as unto God because it's your hope and your reward. This is a season to continue living. This is a season to build capacity. Remember Isaiah chapter 54. So don't lie. Don't say, oh, I'm just hanging around. There's nothing like that. Because when the, when the blessings come, if you cannot, if you cannot, um, if you're, you don't have capacity for it, you would sabotage it. It's just like Bible talks about old wine, new wine in old wine skins. It will burst. And so God's like God says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your capacity. Build your spiritual capacity. Develop your relationship with God. And hopefully, um, after this program, we're still going to do something on working with God and our, and our relationship with God for those who are interested. Don't waste any season that you're in. If all you need to do is to develop character, you know yourself. You know the things that you are struggling with. See, don't, don't sweep them under the carpet and say it doesn't matter. Because it will follow you to that future. Deal with it. Ask for help. Look for help. Look for godly mentors. Look for people that, that, you, can, that you can work with. Look for a community where you'll be encouraged and uplifted. For some, what you need is healing. For some, what you need now is not a relationship. You need to heal. Because if you don't heal, or if you don't deal with some things, <laughs> you might destroy what God brings into your life. And so remember, God is your hope and your reward. And God wants us to stay in faith. Finally, he wants us to stay in faith. He wants us to stay in faith. Because there's a waiting period between the promise and the future. You know, it's easy to let your thoughts wander. Don't let your thoughts wander. Stay in faith. And this is why Jesus said, when I come, will I still find faith? Because it looks like when Jesus said, I'm coming back. It was over 2,000 years ago. Some people even feel that Jesus is not coming back again. He said, no. Stay in faith. Live each day a lot. Like I'm coming. Because he says, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. He's not going to do any announcements. Live on a lot. Live with eternity in mind. Stay in faith. If God says, oh, just like Abraham, he said something. 
He didn't come until years later. Stay in faith. Do you know why you need to stay in faith? The Bible says faith is the assurance, is the evidence of what you haven't seen. That means that if God says, like the day God said that I'm going to give you a child to Abraham, that was the day he got that child. It wasn't the day Isaac was born. The day God gives you a word is the day. So that's why you can rejoice in your waiting period. Because your waiting period, and we're going to see that in the last scripture we're going to read in Romans 8, is like a pregnant woman. The day she gave birth is not the day she conceived. The day she conceived is, the, is like just like the day you received that word. That's why you can rejoice. You're happy, you're excited. If you've ever watched videos of people saying, oh, I'm pregnant, because it's almost like you have the child, you have the baby. But that waiting period is necessary for you to be enlarged, for you to build capacity for the baby that is coming so that you don't, you don't sabotage it. A baby that is born one month after conception is an abortion. This period receives strength from the Holy Spirit, be strengthened, be encouraged from the word, be encouraged by fellow believers. Be encouraged. And so in conclusion, I want us to read Romans chapter 22 verse 28 in the message transition. It talks about how waiting doesn't diminish us. The same way waiting doesn't diminish a pregnant woman. Rather, she's enlarged in the waiting. That's what happens to us. You know, 22 starts by saying that the difficult times of pain that we see throughout the world are birth pangs. So this is why I talked about interpreting things through the flesh. Someone who is experiencing very difficult pains may feel that, oh, this means this is the end. The scripture is saying that, is saying that no, 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 they are birth pangs. You know that someone who understands that difficult, a difficult situation is a birth pang will have a different orientation and mindset to the person who feels that it means the world has ended. This is why we need to be in the spirit and be sensitive. And so, God is waking up his daughters this season. He's saying you need to arise. He's saying enlarge the place of your tent. He's saying have expectations in me. Have expectations in me. Be joyful in your waiting. Be hopeful. Stay in faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Stay listening and hearing the word. It's not once in a week. It's a constant thing, day and night. Fill up, be saturated with the word. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray, oh God, that it blesses our hearts, oh Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow.